sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Well, we're back from our Christmas and New Year vacation. And to start off 2022 on this episode, we're going to talk about some of the albums that we carried through our lifetime all the way up to 2022. You know, those albums you never get rid of and you never stop listening to. So we're going to throw some of those out there. We'll talk about some other things too. Maybe leftover news, maybe new news. Who knows? But thanks for coming back. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful introduction, as usual, bringing us into 2022. Yeah, we're back, starting a new season. I don't know if it's a new season, new year. We're actually coming up on a year. When we started this podcast in February. Uh, if you're listening, uh, thank you. You know what the name of the podcast is. If you like it, share it. Tell a friend about it. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Snapchat. Put it on Facebook. Go to the YouTube channel. Like it. Share it. Subscribe to it. Get the alert for it. You know. You know the whole thing. Uh, so we're back. And uh, without further ado, let me bring on my co-host, the man who thinks the Smiths will get together in 2022, Jackie Calabrese. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Happy, happy New Year. How are your holidays? Yes, ah, my holidays were, were, were great. They were great, yeah. All the way up from uh, my holidays started uh, Halloween, actually. <laughs> of course they do. Started Halloween. Of course they do. By the way, I don't think the Smith. I don't think the Smiths will get together in 2022. I do think they'll get together at some point. No, no. Some but like we agreed to, we we will definitely. If if I got to pay a thousand dollars for a ticket, I guess I would just do that for that one time. You know, although I've seen Morrissey twice, but it's just a thing. But they, I don't see that. That I think Oasis will get together before the Smiths ever get to that point hey maybe it'll be a double bill (laughs) (laughs) how laundry is that bill (laughs) no nobody ever thought that the uh that guns and roses was going to get back together nobody ever thought that the black crows were going to get back together they they all have and and the smiths that it may be a one-off thing it may be a you know a charity thing or whatnot but they'll play together again I just think Morrissey's gone too far into his solo career to, uh, and Johnny Marr is comfortable in his. Sometimes these bands just, they're happy with their legacy. They did it and they move on. They don't think much of it. Um, 
you know, but you just mentioned the black crows, which brought something into to mind. So recently I, uh, I downloaded a few black crows songs into some playlists and I put on, um, remedy, right? I did it through Amazon, right? It's great song, right? Great Great song enough to where, you know, every note, every little nuance of the song, right? You know what I hate? I hate when bands redo songs because of maybe the, the rights to the music or, you know, Sony won't let, won't release their recording of the black crows cause they might own it. So they go in and they redo the song. Uh, I know squeeze did that with their whole, uh, their whole catalog. They went and redid them all. And I've heard it in the past on Amazon music on AOL music. When they used to have a music channel, Spotify, you know, something's just not right. Something's different. And I played remedy and I was like, nah, you know what? I'm, they re- I'm, I, I wasn't but, even aware that they had redone it. Well, you, you tell me, I'm going to play it. Whatever happens, happens, but okay. Nice. All right. It's already different. Listen, just listen even more. Like I said, you know every nuance of that song. It's changed. Right there you can hear it. Right? That wop 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 in the background. It, it sounds like a live version. It's not. It's from Crowology, they call it. Oh, okay. Okay. So so that, that then it was an alternate take or it was a demo. That's that they haven't re-recorded it. That's something that they did um you know, they, they have a tendency to do that in on like greatest hits collections where they Yeah, have, they throw like in these a, uh alternate versions. Yeah, and you know, the the super serious fans, they love that stuff. But I think what you just played is a little bit different than what some other bands do. To your point and to the comment that you made about squeeze, I think that they redo those songs for a couple of reasons. I think number one, it's a way for them to be able to repackage their music if they got a different deal. And it allows them to basically get paid again for the same songs. I think I think there's another aspect of it. And the key word here is think, because I don't know if this is true or not. But I think that sometimes there are bands that re-record songs because they can no longer sing them in their original key. Well, I, they- I've never heard that part of it. But I do know that Squeeze did have a uh, – the cat. they didn't own their catalog, right? So they re-record them. And then they own that and they could sell those to there, there's something in the contracts There's something, yeah, yeah. you know, how, however, the music industry is pretty complex, but I know squeeze did their whole catalog over again. And I, I heard that and I was like, yeah. And you hear a lot of like these eighties guys, like you'll hear, I don't know, soft cell doing tainted love. And you're like, that's not the version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the pool. I'm just chilling. I get on as me. And like, that's not 
the song. I gotta. I then I have I to cannot. hold on while you're up there, freeze. I have to walk across the pool. I have to swim across the pool, and I have to change the channel, and then I go back and be comfy in the pool while Jackie's up there freezing his ass off. What are, What are you talking about? What, I'm just how, did, how the hell? Did, wait a minute. How the hell did this know. turn into? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And I heard there's a little stuff. You know, I, did, I, I thought we were going to be a nicer, kinder Scott no. McLean in oh, 2022. No, no, no. Sad no. <laughs> to throw that. So, I heard some wait, snow is coming your way. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're going to get, I don't know, three to six inches, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. But, but, so, but uh, before you get too far away from that, I, you know, to just agree with your point, we could keep talking. I don't, think, I, don't yeah. I, I don't think that I have ever heard one of those, you know, re-recordings and they all do it, you know, like even, do you remember for a little while, ZZ Top, what, what is their probably most favorite famous song? Legs. Legs. Or if you go back, LaGrange. Oh, if you want to go back to the, yeah, you got LaGrange, you got uh, Tush. So, so LaGrange, great song, you know, great rhythm, great atmosphere. It's got everything that, 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 uh, a great, kind of boogie woogie texas southern barbecue song should have but they felt compelled in the 80s or early 90s or whatnot and i think it came out when they had their like greatest hits collection that instead of having the classic version of lagrange they altered it they put in these giant sounding drums in in probably better technology fuller sound you know bigger sound all around not the same. It took away from the song. It, it was a distraction, especially for those people that grew up with that song. And they want to hear, or I want to hear, those little nuances, even the little mistakes that occur. Yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. Let me check. I think, uh, let me see. More technical difficulties. Maybe not. We might have just got kicked off our live stream. I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're still We're still live. I'm I'm checking right now. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Either yeah. way, I don't care. Either here, way. here we are. The 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 anniversary of the insurrection, and here we are getting voted that's off. Not, that's not. It wasn't. I don't want to get into that. Don't bring that up. Um, I, we're but still that, streaming on YouTube. That's all. That's that's really all that matters. But um, was it yeah. a capital riot? Okay, I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> here we go. Um, well, it looks like I'm, we're still we're still up and running. I don't know. Okay. Either way, doesn't matter. The show goes on. It's not about the live stream. So have you come up with anything, uh, any new music lately? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, li- I'm listening to a bunch of new music. Uh, some of it. I have to tell you, I mean, one of the things that I struggle with is that I'm so all over the board in terms of, of music. So in terms of new music, and you're going to make fun of me for this, and I deserve it and all that. I listened to the new Ed Sheeran song, mm. Shivers, probably 15 times, the acoustic what? version of it. Oh, and and then, then I took a left-hand turn, and you know what I listened uh, to next? What? Anything. Brian... Brian Eno in the, I think the nineties, maybe it was the early two thousands. Uh, actually, little, he, little he, avant-garde he put out, there. 
He he put out an album <laughs> called uh, Thursday Afternoon. Uh, it's sixty minutes, one song. I was gonna say very avant garde. That's it's very very ambient yeah. with these these yeah. bells and and whatnot. And I kid you not. So you know it's kind of a cool thing. You know when I'm painting. Uh, you know, to have something in the background, and I kid you not, I've listened to that sixty uh, minute song six times this week. Jesus, I wouldn't listen to that. I wouldn't listen to that taking a dump. <laughs> I'm sorry, either that's, one of those great. songs. You know, th- this is why I come <laughs> onto the show to to have an intellectual discussion about the thing that we love. But I will tell you, I will tell you, in terms of, of in terms of new music, the thing that I am somewhat slightly obsessed with these days, and I know you're not a fan either, are the boys from Frankenmuth, Michigan. Uh, it's a bunch of brothers, uh, the Kiska brothers, K-I-S-Z-K-A, Josh, Jake, Sam, and then a guy by the name of Danny Wagner on drums, who is better known as Greta van van fleet fleet okay fan freaking tastic band okay and somebody somebody that appreciates led zeppelin as much as you do i i can't figure out how you don't dig these guys more than you do i i I don't know i just hear it and it just it sounds like a tribute band just the sound it's it's not i mean if they had an original sound then i'd be on board if they were slightly but it just just screams Led Zeppelin to me, and I'm, you know, you're not you're not listening close enough. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not. Why are you starting an argument with me in 2022? Because you're already starting arguments. Because you're wrong. So <laughs> I I think I think that their sound is different enough and and contemporary enough in some regard that it's 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 pretty different. Now, to your defense or in your defense. They've certainly been um, had that criticism lobbed at them more than a number of times, you know, Led Zeppelin tribute band and whatnot. And they, I think, took it to heart in their new release. They kind of went out of their way to change up their sound enough or they yeah. branched out in a, in yeah. a, in some different directions. I'll that give it I a think listen. People, I, th- I think you really should. I think that they're a fantastic, just fantastic band. Yeah, you know, if if they sounded like anybody else but Led Zeppelin, <laughs> then I think that the critics would probably give them a small pass. Like STP sounded like Pearl Jam, or you know, they got a pass in the end because. But when you sound like arguably the greatest rock and roll band in history, it's Led pretty Zeppelin, hard to not shake even that. Sorry, it's pretty hard to shake that. You think Led Zeppelin's greater than the Rolling Stones? No, I think the Stones are a greater band. Oh, okay, because I, I said arguably the greatest, and I thought you said they are. No, no, no they're not. They're, they're, they're definitely up there. It's hard to you know argue with the fact that Led Zeppelin has a legacy and a catalog to back it up. What's what's you your know? holy trinity of music? In in terms of my top three, who yeah, I think the, the top holy three trinity of music. Are? Yeah, Holy Trinity of music. Uh the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And the third one is kind of tough mm-hmm. for me. Um 
And this isn't something we can argue with because this is what you think. This is just yeah, yeah. You know, you won't get is an it, argument you know, from me. You know, I, well, I, yeah, I probably will. I think that Bob <laughs> Dylan is probably right up there. Who? Bob Dylan. You ever heard of him? Yeah. If if you think that's the case, then I mean, that's that's your holy trinity of music. That's who you think belongs there. Yeah. That that third uh, that third spot is a tough one. It, it, it would be, of course, Beatles, Rolling Stones, and I would have. A tough decision between Led Zeppelin. Soft side. Uh, no, no, no. Depeche Mode. Oh, come <laughs> I'm on. Kid- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not even top 10. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're, they're a fine band, but they're not. No, no, no. I, they're, not, no they're not in that. Top, but I would say tough call between uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd never gets mentioned in those greatest of all times they're always in the like fourth spot behind the who or let me let me me ask let me ask you this so who who is in number three right so you mentioned pink floyd or led zeppelin Zeppelin. where is where is bowie and if we were doing a top 10 bowie would probably be uh and this is just off the top of my head He'd be in the lower five. I think he'd be in the lower five. What about Hendrix? Mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty, pretty I, I mean, artist. It's, I know these these are legendary people in 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 music, and it's you know when when you're becoming so critical, you're like I don't know if Jimi Hendrix makes it into my top ten. I don't know. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all it's, preference. It's, like, it's all preference. It's it's everything as as it pertains to art. It's personal preference, and it's what you like, and it's what touches. Would you your put soul. David Bowie in front of Elton John? Um, both dominated the seventies. Totally, absolutely dominated a decade. The both of them. I I, I think if you were to look at it like you were looking at baseball cards. Remember the back of baseball cards that had the stats stats. Yeah. I, I, I think that Elton John had a bigger seventies than David Bowie did. Is there any better or are there many other greatest hits albums better than his first greatest hits album? It's incredible, but, Isn't but, it? but change changes. One is pretty damn good. I, that's and, and again, you'll get no argument for me. And then you go to changes too. And then Elton John's second release of greatest hits, and you those go toe to toe also. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. You mentioned the Who, and I love 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 the Who, and they are regarded in that that upper echelon. But in terms of their musical output, in terms of of what was really successful and really popular, name a name a good Who album after Quadrophenia. I'm not, I'm not saying I think we've, saying we've, that, we've talked about this before. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the who, you know, they, they put out who by numbers in like 75 and they put who are you in 70, you know, 77, 78, somewhere in there. And, and those are okay albums. There's a couple of highlights on them, but I thought who are you is a solid, solid album. I thought it's, it it's a solid, solid album, but it's not, I think trick of the light. Not, um, yeah. Is that a trick of the light? Was that one of the songs off that? Off, off of that, uh, who are you? Yeah, 
Yeah. I can't remember if that's so, on who are you. Uh, pay, yeah. Uh, pay Either money. way. Well, who by it's, numbers? Uh, it's, um, yeah, the, the who is, is tough. It's, it's tough to put them. Yeah. They're definitely five at the worst. I would think. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 they're up there for me. I love the who I love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're like, one of those like, bands. Like there's, there's another band that gets lost in that mix as well, which is the kinks. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> kinks are a different sound though. They, they had a whole different sound. They, they had, they never seemed to shake that sixties sound. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like these other bands evolved into a, a, a different into the seventies and eighties. The Kinks just always sounded like the Kinks, which isn't a bad thing, but they've always had that rap for being late to the show with the British invasion. And, you know, they've always been a, uh, uh, like an afterthought when you name off yeah. lists, you know? Yeah. So, so recently, I watched, and I, I had heard this, but I never saw the documentary. So around 2013, um, well, Gary Newman, right? He's one of those guys that you kind of forget about. You forget about how big he was in 79, 80, 81, you know? He's pretty much the godfather of electronic pop. He started off with the, what is it, the um, Tubeway Army. He was part of that, that group. And they came out with Down in the Park, which is a great song. Um, but he's, he's pretty dominant in it because his voice. So I watched this uh, documentary called uh, Gary Newman, an Alien in La La Land. I don't know if you ever saw it. But I it haven't was the, seen it. It was the making of his... Uh, 2013 album splinter and it really broke down his career like he this dude was he's very bowie-esque too if you watch Mm. his videos you see his performances he's very bowie-esque in the way he moves those like little slants that bowie if he's standing still he'll lean a little bit and his head movement is kind of tight you know and so and dead on like he stares right at something and I, it was it was a fascinating documentary because you never knew what this guy went through. Like you hear Gary Newman and Cars, and he was a product of which he fucking hates that song. <laughs> He's grown to really not like that song. Yeah, but what, and, what has it done for him? How much money is has Cars? Oh, he he him? doesn't he doesn't complain about that. He just hates it. I don't think he plays it in concert anymore. That's like Radiohead doesn't play um, Creep in concert. That's anymore. not true. That's not true. Well, they didn't play it for a long time. They, they, that's a they fact. Play, they stopped playing that for a long time. They play it occasionally. Yeah. From what I read, they don't particularly like it. Or they, you know, they kind of, it, 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 they got labeled with it. They got stuck yeah. in that, in that rut with it, you know, and the, and songs like that, like, uh, uh, only words by extreme, that song buried them. They yeah. buried that band. So, Cars, I think, did the same thing to Gary Newman. And it just shows how what he went through and how he made this this comeback. And uh and he came out with this album Splinter, and it was a uh 
it's a great album. It's a great album. I mean, you know who's a, you know who's a huge huge Gary Newman fan. Who's that? The love, lovely Miss Deborah. Really? My wife is a huge Gary Newman fan. I got the T-shirt, as a matter of fact. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> but it's you know it's funny. Like you and I are talking about Gary Newman, and you certainly know his catalog much better than I do. But I can guarantee you that the majority of our listeners don't have a clue beyond cars. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, let me see something. They do. They just don't know it. I'm pretty sure they. they it's it's a, it's a case of. Uh, nah, nah. Nope, you're wrong. I don't think so. You're wrong. I don't think so. No, I'm gonna have to. Let me see. Uh, we got time. I don't care. Well, I'll find it. But there's a, there's uh he has a um. I'm gonna find this if it's the last thing I do. I'm gonna find this thing. All right, here we go. This should be right. Maybe. Sorry for the delay, people, but once I get stuck on something, that's pretty much I'm going to get it if I want it. uh, Anyways, I'll find it. So I think Gary Newman, though, he does have, he has Down in the Park. He has, um, let's see, now this is going to bug me right in the middle of a podcast. This holds me up. I would, I would venture to guess that 98% of our audience don't even know Down in the Park. Really? I'm, I'm telling you, they don't. Huh. That's, I would think they would, personally. No. Yeah. Anyways, so, so, yeah, so Gary Newman, um, great documentary if you get a chance to, uh, to see it. It's on Epics, I believe, Epics channel. And, uh, yeah, check it out. And then I started, I came across this group from Minsk, Minsk uh, in Belarus, right? And I'm thinking, how did I miss this band in like 83, 84, right? Like, so I'm, I'm going to play a song. And t- it, <laughs> this group actually came out in 2018, I think. But check this shit out. There was some sort of movement going on in that area of the world where it kind of brought back do- the dark wave sound, right? Like like a few years back, there was a garage band movement in Ireland, you know? Um, and this, I mean, this song, I heard this, I was like, what the hell? Let's see. <laughs> They're called Molchat Doma. I don't know what the hell they're saying. Speaking Russian. But tell me this doesn't sound like the early 80s. Tell me that's not a throwback to the early 80s. The whole album is like that. I think most of our audience think that you're playing Gary Newman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they get confused now, now, easily, evidently. Now, now, now to, to me, 
that that doesn't even sound like you know the 80s it sounds like the late 70s like to me that sounds like early joy division it's pretty cool stuff man and then they think yeah. uh very th- i'm gonna play this other song that song i don't know what the hell the name is it it's c-y-a-h-o in in russian i don't know then there's this one tell me who this sounds like And this is Molchat Doma. Molchat Doma coming at you live on WNBC. <laughs> when he starts singing, tell me who, who this kind of sounds like. Okay. Kind of reminds me of a cross between Morrissey and Jim Care of Simple Minds. Well, I think you were you were right. It's that sounds just like a Smith song to me. Yeah, yeah. Those Johnny Marr riffs, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's heavy influence over there, and I, I and there was another group that I found. Uh, they're called like Ploho or something, and it's the well, same heavy, kind of he- sound. Heavy, heavy influence in what way? Do you think that the Smiths were sound. influenced by these guys? No, no, no. The, the Smiths influenced them. I well, think groups like... This, when did you say this record came out? This this record came out in like 2018. 20, yeah, 2018. Oh, my God. Yeah. It does. It has it has that kind of old retro, almost self Yeah, I'm sorry if I, if I said that wrong. Yeah, I apologize. No, I, I it sounds like the early 80s, right? Yeah, and I'm like, does. this group just came out in 2018. So how heavy is that influence? over there it's, it's kind of cool you know it's almost like Greta Van Fleet ripping off Led Zeppelin <laughs> I'm sure Greta Van Fleet's making a lot more money than these guys <laughs> <laughs> so um have you got a chance to listen to that album I sent you not yet okay not not yet it's 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 definitely on the the pile I I kid you not I think I probably have 20 or 30 albums that I bought in the last year that I've not even opened yet. <laughs> I went a little just, cuckoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good to own them, though. It's good to own them. I, I went a little cuckoo. And, I, and I'll get to them. I just haven't gotten to them yet. Right, right. Hey, um, so give me a standout album in your life. You mean a, a, a standout? If album. I say, tell me an album that that's... A standout. What's the first one that pops to your mind? I think that you know probably the first standout album that, that I can think of is the Cars' first album, and I'll tell you why. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a in a house where there was a lot of music playing, so I had an early exposure to Patti Smith, 
television, Elvis Costello, you know, Zeppelin and all the old stuff that came before that. But the Cars first album was kind of a coming of age record in that I remember hearing it when we were, so I was what, 14, you know, 13, 14, somewhere in that, maybe even a little bit younger than that. But that was, that was not my parents' music anymore. Right. That was that was that was our record, you know. And as a matter of fact, my father had no love for you know the cars whatsoever. Uh, but th- that was the record that you heard at every garage, basement, you know, town party or whatever it was. That that record was just played over and over. And it was one of the first records that I remember being pretty much flawless. Like, there's not a bad song on that record. No, there certainly isn't. Furthermore, I, 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 oh, I will yeah. tell you that I will tell you that like two years ago, I was um, getting ready to jump on a flight at, at Logan. I was actually in the parking garage on the top floor, and I was walking toward the terminal. And out of the garage door walked Greg Hawks of the cars. I kid you not, this was like five thirty in the morning. Really, he didn't have any luggage. He was coming out of the out of the airport. You know, he, you know, obviously to find his car or whatnot. And I couldn't believe it. It was just he and I. And I was like, Greg Hawks. And he was like, hey, I, how you doing? And I was like, man, he was, your first album was so influential. He was like, played that. My wife loves it. I love it. As a matter of fact, I lost my virginity to that album. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> actually, coming to think of it, I actually lost my virginity to side one. Actually, when I think of it, it was the first song on the first side that I lost my virginity on. Actually, you know uh, the part where yeah, it goes, the first 30 seconds of the first song. Dun, 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 <laughs> I knew you were going. Dun, dun, it was that over. Was it. it was over. And he, he laughed his ass off. <laughs> I got a picture with him and, you know, shook his hand and, and that was the end of it. But that was pretty funny. But that, that was a very, very um, important record and continues to be. It is my wife's favorite album, bar none. Of all time. Of all time. She will tell you that that record means more to her than any other record that has ever been put out. Not a bad favorite record. Definitely not a bad favorite record. Um, the one that comes to my mind is Hot Rocks. Mm. Did you have Hot, it on album first? I had it on album, yeah. Then I had the, I, I had an 8-track, too. I, I had it on 8-track first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had it on the album, and that was my real. And I mean, what better way to introduce me to the Rolling Stones? Because from Hot Rocks, I went on to go to Strawberry. No, actually, I think I went to the Singing Cricket in Winthrop, Mass, uh. and bought um, Goat's Head Soup. You know, it kind of led me into that whole. Uh, uh, then I bought uh, when you know, the thing about Ghost Head Soup though was the insert, one of the greatest inserts ever. Literally yeah, not- a cauldron of soup, vegetable soup with the goat head in it. Yeah, I think I had that not- up on my wall. The the the, the Peter folks are not big fans of that record. <laughs> <laughs> but Hot Rocks, yeah, I, and, and although it's a uh, it's a greatest hits. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was contemplating whether I was going to call you out on that, but it's. No, I, think I mean, it's just an album that I at the time I was what fucking twelve, you know, I, I it was just 
I had heard Stone songs, but I never heard all of those songs. You know, the it, double album set. I listened to every side uh, without fail. You yeah. know, I, yeah, I don't I think mean, I, I had that introduced me to uh, Midnight Rambler. Yeah. Which was for the longest time my favorite Stone song. So, And that's another thing. How do you transition through songs with groups? Like, first it was Midnight Rambler was my favorite song, right? For, for years, Midnight Rambler. And then uh, Gimme Shelter was my favorite Stone song for years. Like, it, it kind of bumped Midnight Rambler. And then, like, Sway came along. And, like, Sway is, to this day, my favorite Rolling Stones song. Right. So, you know, it's funny how you transition through those with a, with a particular group. Do you have something like that that you've oh, all the all the you time shuffle I fall, them all the you know, I've I've I fall in and out of love with songs all the time. And it's it's one of my, um, you know, issues that I have. If I like a, a song, I'll play it over and over again. I just I'm like a, free I'm bird, like Sweet Home Alabama. I, I will tell you that in the past month, I've probably listened to Free Bird a couple of times. Sweet okay. Home Alabama is, has not found its way back into my heart. It's just way too overplayed. It's, uh, it's it, not, it, it's age, not, it ages it. okay. It ages okay. It's a, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a fine song. But, but, you know, for my money, I would rather actually hear that Kid Rock song that he does where it's Sweet Home Alabama is kind of sampled along with werewolves of london who is it all summer long uh what's that the song yeah yeah all summer long it's kind of a yeah. uh, a country kind of crossover thing for him yeah yeah it's when yeah, he started moving in that direction yeah, yeah. so uh what I, other I like, I like that song and I, you know it's for, for my money i actually find that that kid rock song at least right now is more interesting to me than listening to Sweet Home Alabama. And it's just because I've heard Sweet Home Alabama and played Sweet Home Alabama so many, 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 many times. Yeah, yeah. A great 70s anthem. Um, cool when you're drinking in the 80s. The 90s, it's, you know, it, yeah, it, it aged okay. I, I won't say it's – it didn't age like Freebird, you know. Uh, there's, there's, there's probably – Five other songs in my list that I would put before Sweet Home Alabama when it came to Leonard Skinner. But so yeah. give me another album that stands out in your life that just pops up into your head after the Cars album. So I'll go back for this one. And another record that was likely purchased at the Singing Cricket uh, was, and I know this is somewhat kind of cliche, if you will, but it was Revolver by the Beatles. But there's a story that goes along with it. You know, I had a record player in my room, and I w couldn't have been more than, I don't know, eight, nine, or whatnot. And I pretty much got that record because Yellow Submarine was on it. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you you like Yellow Submarine. Absolutely. Right? You, you know, it's Absolutely. It, it's it's accessible. But here's here's the thing, and this is one of the reasons why it's an important record for me. You know, credit given where credit is due. My father would not let me listen to Yellow Submarine on that record. No, not that I couldn't listen to it, but he made me listen to the whole record. Put it on at the beginning, let it play through, flip it over. Let it play through. And he would not let me kind of cue it to Yellow Submarine. So I got to 
hear a lot of things that I would not have otherwise heard. And I didn't know it at the time. But what the lesson my dad was teaching me is that there are gold, there's gold, and then there are hells. You know, if you yeah. look through that record, you can, and this is one of the things that kids miss today, you know, with the, uh, the music, the way that it's, it's, it's put out and the way that it's accessible and the way that to my opinion or in my opinion is disposable, the kids don't listen to albums anymore. They listen to whatever the top song is and they don't go much beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we've we've discussed that more than a couple of times. It's too easy. It's too it easy now. Too easy. You know? Uh the 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 process of getting up and moving a needle to skip a song just was it was something that you, you had to make an effort if you were sitting down in the beanbag chair like I was. <laughs> you really didn't want to get up and move the needle just to, you know, sit back down again or whatever. What's the um what's the Beatles album? with hey jude on it is that it's called well hey hey jude was actually not on a beatles album an original beatles album it was a it was a single it was a single then what was um what's the album where they're standing all the four of them are standing in front of a it's a called hey jude is that that's it right that's the name of the album yeah it's, if, if i remember correctly it came out as hey jude it's it's almost like a kind of a, a greatest hits it's uh a compilation of some of the singles right. that were released. That at the time was probably my favorite Beatles. So I used to have, I had a, a tambourine that my mother gave me and I would listen to, I must've drove her nuts because I'd have the headphones on and I'd be listening to that thing, banging that tambourine again. I was 12, you know, 11, 12, maybe 13, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, probably more like 11 or 12. And I jammed to that album from first song to last song, side one to side two. And it was just one of those records that always stuck with me. And I don't even know. I think I know. As a matter of fact, I do have a copy of it, I believe. Yeah. So so I just looked it up real quick. So uh, Hey Jude. Lady Madonna. Is, is, is an album that was released on February 26, 1970. The track listing was Can't Buy Me Love, I Should Have Known Better, Paperback Writer, Rain, Lady Madonna, Revolution, yeah. Yeah. Hey Jude, Old Brown Shoe, Don't Let Me Down, and The Ballad of John and Yoko. That's where Don't Let Me Down became my favorite Beatles song of all time. Still. So so what, what Hey Jude was, was um, the original title for it was actually called The Beatles Again, is a 1970 collection of non-album singles and B-sides by The Beatles. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Those fucking they, songs they, on that the, album the Beatles, were B-sides. They, 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 were, they were so <laughs> prolific. Oh, my that you God. Had, you, have, you have songs like Hey Jude that, yeah, we don't need to put it on our, our album. There's, we already have enough, enough stuff on our album. We'll, just, just release it as a, we'll just release it as a single. Or a B-side, or like, it's just, on that album, there's bands that wish they had three songs on, on a, on a, on a, a, a B-side collection, you know, three good songs. Like, these are all, it's unbelievable. And this they, generation they, they, does not appreciate them at all. 
Now, there, there you go. If you want to win a bar bet, if you want to get a free drink somewhere, you know, if you find somebody that's a big Beatles fan or a big music fan, ask them what original album, not greatest hits or compilation, was Hey Jude on or Old Brown Shoe or Don't Let Me Down or Can't Buy Me Love. I'm, I mean, they will get it wrong because they will not remember that the Beatles actually put out music that was just a single. Yeah. Yeah. And which is what a lot of acts today do. I hesitate to say bands, but a lot of bands or, or music acts do that today on, uh, di- on digital downloads. That's yeah, true. It's true. And, 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 yeah, the, the game, the game has changed, but in some sense it's actually reverted back to the way that it was. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's and it's easier for these kids today to do it, and which I guess is a good thing. But again, goes back to a conversation we had in the past about is there too much music out there now? I mean, uh, it's not too much for a listener, but maybe it is. It could be overwhelming, but for a band to make it today, you you have to have you know ten Colonel Parkers running your show. Yeah, you know to 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 make it even half halfway to the top get in it's, just get it's, into the top 100 it's it's hard to criticize in some regard for the people today that just listen to singles because i don't know about you but that's how i started like you brought up elton john it was a while before i could actually afford an elton john record and my dad wasn't really a big fan but i tell you that i probably had eight of his 45s yes yes I had like I and I had said in the past again. Um, I became a collector of people's collections, as you know. Yes. Yeah. And um, every time someone uh, donated their collection to my collection of collections, there was always forty fives in there, and somebody sent one of those. Uh, it's like a really Art Deco, uh, aqua lime green and white like pastel coloring on this box and it's a box of 45s you know it has the clips and the handle on top so if you're going to a party you just took your 45s with you you know which is that in itself i i don't care what's in it but that box in itself is pretty cool to look at because it it just invokes memories you know yeah great memories absolutely like i i you you probably had 145s you know why because 45s were like what a buck a piece were they, yeah, were they even, even a buck? When, when, when we were kids, they were they were like 75 cents or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for maybe, 45. Maybe even. Because an album was like seven that. bucks, right? Six, seven bucks back then in the 70s for an uh, album. Maybe even cheaper than that in, in, in yeah. the earlier days. It was more like, you know, five or whatnot. I remember, yeah, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I remember Tom Petty kind of going on strike because the record company wanted to put out his album at eight bucks. <laughs> he, he thought that it was absolutely outrageous. Yeah. It, yeah. Now they're 30. I know. Which is unbelievable, which used to be it's, 30 bucks could get five of us into a concert at one yeah. point. Yeah. I know. You know, Here maybe not the dating, front row, but we'd have good seats. We're dating ourselves. I remember we used to get out of the soup line and go see Van Halen for four dollars. Uh-huh. Okay, this is I, I, I'm going to do this on my phone. It's going to come over the, my my microphone. But people have heard this, and then I'm going to get into. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up because we're up on 47 minutes. Um, then we'll get into 
on this day in music. But this song by Gary Newman is called Our Friends Electric. It was actually Tubeway Army, but Gary Newman kind of owns it. So this is it. See, I know people have heard that song. And then Down in the Park. This is Down in the Park. Foo Fighters do a great remake of this. I'm sure people have heard that song. They just might not have known it was Gary Newman or, you know. I'm telling you, the majority of our audience have never heard that song. Then I hate my audience. <laughs> He's the godfather of, it's synth. How could they not know this? <laughs> He's the godfather of synth pop. You know, he actually, he listened to Kraftwerk, right? And he's like, he loved it. He loved it, but he's like, I can't do that. Like, how can I take this to the next level? You know, so he's pretty ingenious how he marketed himself, how he he created this this persona. And actually, the guy is afraid of his own shadow. Like he's very recl- he was very reclusive. He was shy. Um, oh, and here we go. Oh, I see Scott the IT guy finally came in when the show's about to end, and all he does it, is it, dot it looks dot like, well, dot. Well, away. you know, it's because we generally start at eight o'clock. You can't yell at them for being on time. God damn it, we started early. Hey. Hey, we're coming up on 6,000 downloads, so I have an ego now, okay? We're hitting the big time. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, Perry's here. I bought my Sweet Lord 45 for 89 cents. See, there you go. There you go. My Sweet Lord. Let me see. What is uh, Mark Flynn, friend of the show? We love you, though you hate us. That's okay. That's okay. And, uh, yeah, Scott, the IT guy, perfect timing. Yeah, coming in at the end of the show. I want to see my outro. Uh, well, you didn't get any hot sauce for Christmas anyway, so. But, uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's jump well, he, into. He didn't, he didn't get any hot sauce. I haven't gotten any hot sauce. I carry this goddamn you have show. To, you have to. <laughs> yeah, okay, donkey. Okay. <laughs> you just show up. All right, let's do it. On I know. This I'm, day. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a stupid co-host, right? You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't get any hot sauce. You don't allow me to play music on my end. This is, you, this hey, is if a- you can play it if you want. I never stopped you from doing that. I'm just not letting you play that fucking guitar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on this day in 19 January 6, 1956, Elvis Presley performed in the gym at Randolph High School in Mississippi. This was the last time he would ever appear in a small auditorium. On this day in 1958, the Flying V Gibson guitar, or Gibson guitars, launched its Flying V electric guitar. Can you name some people that play the Flying V? Sure. 
Paul Stanley something. of Kiss. Um, Randy Rhodes was a big uh, flying V player, although I don't know that it was a Les Paul. I think it was a kind of a, a, a custom job. You know, there certainly a lot of people in the in the seventies were big flying V people. Got I think it. the guys in Triumph uh, played it. The guys in Blue Oyster Cult, Judas Priest, I think. Judas Priest. Um, you know the you know the the funny thing is is did you didn't see any of the big classic groups play it? Like you didn't see the Who or the Stones. No, no. Jimi Hendrix, Mark Bolin, Billy Gibbons, big flying yeah, V guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as Perry, uh, Perry Dinovich, Lonnie Mack. Yeah. Yeah. On this day in 1968, the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour started an eight week run at number one on the U.S. charts, the group's 11th U.S. top charter. A chart topper. Did I just make up a word? Chart On this day in. <laughs> top chatter. Top chatter. On this day in 1973, Carly Simons, You're So Vain, with who on backing vocals? Easiest question in the world. Mick Jagger singing Jagger, background yeah. vocals, song yeah. about Scott McLean. That's that. Well, well, let's get, we'll get to that. Hold on. Started a three week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart in 2015. Oh, in 2015, after keeping quiet for more than 40 years, Carly Simon admitted that Your So Vain was about Warren Beatty, but only one verse of it. She said the other verses were about two other men. See, now I can come clean. And by the way, Carly Simon, greatest mouth in the history of music. Oh, my God. Carly Simon has the best mouth in the Cheryl Crow is, is probably second. Yeah, now people are going to go look at Carly Simon's mouth when she sings. Greatest mouth in music. I I pay attention, I, I Jack. To, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I pay attention, Jack. I pay attention. I, I think that I think that Carly Simon is is uh, uh, just an absolutely talented, genius woman. I don't think her physical beauty comes into play at all. I don't objectify women like that. <sighs> Beta male. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay, sure. On this day in 1975, the mayor of Boston canceled a Led Zeppelin concert after over 2,000 fans rioted trying to buy tickets. The fans caused an estimated $50,000 to $75,000 worth of damage to the Boston Garden. The gig during the band's North American tour was rescheduled for February 4th. And I think we talked about that. That riot, very very famous event. Those asshole kids ruined our opportunities to see Led Zeppelin. Fucking Bostonians. Yeah, it was. They ruined everything. It was probably freaking brothers. Yeah, well, or someone we know. Um, I'm sure. (laughs) On this day in 1975, Pink Floyd starts uh, started sessions at Abbey Road Studios for their next album, "Wish You Were Here." Yeah. Yep, the ninth studio album was released on September 12th, 1975. Features Shine On, You Crazy Diamond, a tribute to Sid Barrett, whose mental breakdown had forced him to leave the group seven years earlier. On this I day in his, 19... His, his, huh? his, Sid Barrett's birthday... It's today. Was, it, was either today or yesterday. I was are, say. are you jumping ahead of me? Are you trying... You want to just take this segment over? I might as well. This is like the most boring part of this show. <laughs> Fuck you. It's okay. fucking terrible. 
It's terrible. not terrible. I want people to. You know what? If, if you don't like this, people need. Oh, this is going to be a good year. Gary Newman bought a new pack of batteries for his Casio keyboard. Who gives a shit? Okay. All right. All right. I guess they'd rather hear you play your guitar. On this day, hey, these are good did you knows. People like this stuff. Care what you say. You don't even have, listen to you. You're not even technologically sound. You sound like a Gary Newman record. You're breaking up. I am on the Autobahn. Now you're talking and your voice is coming out second. It's like I'm watching a Godzilla movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Get technologically sound. Hey, people hey. people can, they, they've heard me say Jesus Christ before. Watch the language. Uh-oh, Mark, Mark Flynn says, hell no, Jack's guitar, more boring as trivia. More boring <laughs> as trivia, please. All right, on this day in 1977. Look, look, Mark, Mark, I don't oh, even have it in my, this, this is the first show like in forever. What I don't even have it. You just you're doing the Godzilla thing. Your mouth is talking and the sound is over. You had it, then you put it down. We'll go back to the tape. You can strum a little while I'm doing this if you want. You can be involved. On this day in 1977, the Sex Pistols EMI Records dropped the Sex Pistols, giving the band sixty eight thousand dollars to release them from their contract. <laughs> uh, and. On this day in 1990, Phil Collins started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart with But Seriously, his fourth studio album. He was a he was a force in the 80s. Phil Collins. Phil Collins was he was huge. He was he was everywhere. Yep. It was almost too much. Yeah. Yep. Uh, on this day in 1993, it was reported that David Bowie had lost over 4.25 million dollars in unpaid royalties to. An Italian mafia-linked bootleg gang. <laughs> yeah, what's he going to do to them? <laughs> I'm David Bowie. I want my money back, sir. Is hey, that how he talks? In, hey, you in the dress. Come here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, Red. <laughs> we, we, we're taking your money. And you uh, know what you're do about it? Nothing. It was a sad day on this day in 2006 when American soul jazz Singer legend Lou Rawls died at the Cedar Sinai Medical Center in L.A. Seventy-two years You'll old. You'll never find. Yeah, man. I mean, he—he's—he's he's part of it. He's part of our childhood, yep. as far as music goes. Another love like this. Don't. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, this is interesting. More, On this day in twenty, give us, give us, give I us am. more. On Did this you day, know? we just. <laughs> Anyways, on this day in 2017. On this day is 1976. <laughs> Neil Diamond took a shit. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. This is, oh, I'm ready for next show already, buddy. Oh, it's, a, it's the war is on, buddy. The gauntlet has been dropped. On this fucking day in 2017, Norway, Norway announced that it would become the first country in the world to gradually stop using the FM radio network, the move which aimed to ditch the analog platform in favor of a digital one called digital audio broadcasting. 
would bring a clearer sound to the nation's 5 million people. Imagine that. It's only 5 million people in that place. That's fascinating, Mr. Science. Can you teach uh, us a little radio right. out of Born on this day. I'm, I'm pressing on. Born <laughs> on this day. Born on this day. In 1924, Earl Scruggs, right? The American musician noted for perfecting and popularizing a three-finger banjo picking style, now called Scruggs style. He worked with Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Scruggs scored the first, scored a hit as Flat and Scruggs with the Ballad of Jed Clampett for the TV show The Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, look at that. Born on this day, Sid Barrett, singer-songwriter, guitarist from Pink Floyd who lost his fucking mind. Daddy Born did. on this day in 1953, a very, very, very underrated bass player and a key part to the sound of ACDC, Malcolm Young, God rest his soul, was born on this day in 1953, his brother of Malcolm Angus Young. Young. Wait a minute, I thought Malcolm Young played rhythm guitar. No, wasn't he the bass player? Hey, dude, if you're going to you know bore the hell out of people with this oh, crap, you should make God. sure it's at least accurate. Uh, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up, but I think that Malcolm Young was a rhythm guitar player. Uh, Can I make it interesting? You want to bet? You never pay. Oh, oh darn! Oh. We just went off the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Okay, are we gonna wait for you to look this up, or can we bring it up next? No, show? You, no, now, you can keep keep going. I'm just I'm done. There's nobody seconds. else worth telling their birthday to, and I'm done with the. Malcolm Mitchell Young was an Australian musician who was the co-founder, rhythm guitarist, okay. backing vocalist, and songwriter of the rock band ACDC. My notes were wrong. Okay, my notes are wrong. So what? Wow. It's his birthday anyways. The guy's dead, and you have making fun of him. I'm not making fun of you him. Just you made fun of him. him. You just made fun of the dead guy. You know, Malcolm Young plays bass. The you know January sixth wasn't an insurrection. You make oh, shit up all you're over such the place. A fucking asshole. All right, where's the Scott the IT guy? Land. Doesn't I shush? Yeah, I shushed you. <laughs> Scott the IT guy doesn't give me an outro. So, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for on watching day, to the live stream. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. On 1973, on this day. I went down to Samuel's Pharmacy you know, and my you know, first time, Ricky. You, you like you like that kid, the kid that has a funny joke and then fucking runs it into the ground and keeps telling it over and over until it's not funny anymore. I remember the first time that I told a joke. Oh, it was on this oh, day in 1970. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> uh, all right. No outro. We'll see you next week. I'm done. I'm done. Jack, stay on so I can yell at you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Share. Will you shut up? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Good night. Share this if you like. I don't even know what to say. I'm done. We're done. Good night. I'm done.